welcome back to another episode of 5 a.m. Theology. So, Chris, we're going to hit Deuteronomy this week. And Deuteronomy is a lot of retelling. When you read it, you see a lot of the same stuff. You're kind of like, didn't I already read this? Because it's a retelling. In fact, Deuteronomy means second telling. It can be confusing until you realize that it's a retelling. That's right. And, you know, Moses is repeating a lot of the law because there's a whole new generation going into the promised land. Everybody 20 and over is dead or going to die. So these are all younger people who are either born in the wilderness or under 20. So he's repeating everything for their sake. It's probably during Deuteronomy that Moses wrote the entire Pentateuch, the first five books. He had 40 years in the desert to write it. So that's probably when he put it all down. He might have written some earlier, but that's when he writes the bulk of it. Five books in 40 years. Okay. <laughs> we're way ahead. Too bad. Yeah, we're way ahead of that. Although in 40 years, I won't have the mind to write, I don't think so. I don't think I will either. Also in Deuteronomy, which is pretty interesting, is that Moses knows he's going to die and he knows he's never going to see the promised land. And of course, that's because he got punished. Him and Aaron got punished because they didn't follow God's command when they bought water out of the rock at Meribah. So neither were going into the promised land. Aaron, of course, dies before ever seeing anything. But in Deuteronomy 18, Moses gives instructions to the Israelites for when they enter the promised land. This is at the end of the 40-year exile. And here's what he says in verses 15 and 19. I want to get your feedback on it. He says, the Lord your God will raise up from you a prophet like me from among your fellow Israelites. You must listen to him. For this is what you yourselves requested of the Lord your God when you were assembled at Mount Sinai. You said, don't let us hear the voice of the Lord our God anymore or see this blazing fire for we will die. Then the Lord said to me, what they have said is right. I will raise up a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites. I will put my words in his mouth and he will tell the people everything I command him. I will personally deal with anyone who will not listen to the messages the prophet proclaims on my behalf. So what are your thoughts? Well, first of all, I'm always amazed that they say that, that they say, don't let us hear the voice of God and, and see his fire anymore. Um, that just amazes me. But this passage has a dual meaning. Moses was a prophet, obviously. We have a whole section that we wrote about in the prophets in the Bible blueprint. But a prophet is someone who utters divinely inspired revelations, like a stenographer, like God's word verbatim. What did right. he say? Second Peter 1.21 tells us, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So Moses is telling the Israelites that God will raise up prophets to speak God's words to them. Yeah, they were getting ready to enter the promised land. And Moses commands that instead of following all the false prophecy and teaching that they're going to hear from the pagans that they're going to encounter in the promised land, they should only listen to God's prophets. Although God would not be with them on earth, he will make his will and expectations of his people known through the prophets. The prophets were going to faithfully teach the people the word of God. Absolutely. And there's that second meaning that's there too. 
Like the definition says, all prophets speak God's words. They speak to God's people, but there was a special class of prophets who were mediators as well as prophets. A mediator is a person that mediates a covenant between God and his people. He's the go-between. And not all prophets fit into this. In fact, only two do, and that's Moses and Jesus. Yeah, as with everything, the text is pointing to Jesus. So Moses was the mediator of the old covenant, and then Jesus is the mediator of the new covenant. Yeah, like all the other prophets, Moses and Jesus gave people the words of God. But unlike the other prophets, God established the covenants, gave the stipulations of the covenant and the rituals that must be adhered to, and the process by which sins are atoned for only through Moses and Jesus. Yeah, Hebrews 8 contrasts the old and new covenants, telling us that the new covenant which Jesus mediates is better than the old covenant, which was mediated by Moses. You know, I can't help but think in scripture, Jesus is compared to Moses a couple times, and this is why. But I keep thinking of the chosen where they ask him, are you better than Moses? Are you better than the law of Moses? And he says, I am the law of Moses. And that's heresy, by the way. But it just keeps making me think of that. Because yeah, obviously, I mean, Jesus and Moses, although they're similar, you can't compare them. No, you can't. I wonder where they got that. Because I know, I didn't watch it, but I know that they were using the Book of Mormon. Is that yeah, what? Yeah, that's where it's yeah. a line from the Book of Mormon. Ugh. Anyway, another thing I would probably say here is that we have to make sure that we don't start thinking of the Old Covenant and the New Covenant as completely different. Right. You know, we can't toss out the Old Testament and only use the new as Andy Stanley and several ladies in some of our Bible studies have at once thought. They're not completely different covenants. Both have the same standards of God, same punishment for breaking those standards, which is death, same justice, same need for atonement of sin. The difference in the old covenant is the people had to fulfill it on their own. And in the new covenant, Jesus fulfills it for his people. Yeah. And even though their role as a prophet mediator was the same, like we said, Jesus is so far greater than Moses. They're not even comparable because Moses was just a man. Jesus is the son of God. Jesus is God. And again, the book of Hebrews confirms this. Yep. Moses represented Israel before God, but he was not God. Jesus, on the other hand, is the mediator who is both God and man. They're perfectly united. Both He has both natures, complete natures. Yeah, so he's the mediator, but he's also the one side of the covenant. Exactly. And later on in that chapter, God has a word for all those who were going to come claiming to be a prophet and who still claim to be a prophet or a teacher and are false. And here's what God says about him. He says in Deuteronomy 18, 20, but any prophet who falsely claims to speak in my name or who speaks in the name of another God must die. Yeah, it was a big deal to give false prophecy. And Israel had to deal with so many false prophets. And we do that today. Christians have to discern what's true and what's not. And the only way to do that is to know your Bible. Rose, and you wonder what's in store for all these false teachers. Yeah, I I can't imagine. I mean, I just can't imagine because they're just totally leading people astray. Yeah, I just like God does look at what you've done on earth. I think it's probably the same for condemnation. I think there's a special condemnation for these people who say 
they're a prophet or teacher of God, and yet they're prophesying, teaching lies. Yeah. And we have warning after warning, after warning, after warning in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Ever since we studied Revelation, which I always go back to because it just highlights so many things, other things in the Bible. Jesus has the final word. He, he was the word in the beginning. And we know that from John and he, and the revelation is his revelation to John. It's his final word. And so he begins it and he ends it. So to think that you can have everything it, in between. Yeah, exactly. I just, this whole idea of we can still have open revelation. It's just, it boggles my mind. Cause I think to myself, how can you think that? Well, I always wonder why, why, you know, Hebrews makes it clear that prophecy is closed, that God speaks through Jesus, which is scripture. So why do you need more? Good question. It's the question to ask people. Why do you need more than what we have in the Bible? So the, the penalty is death if you're a false prophet. Yeah. And notice it's not just death for falsely claiming you're speaking for God. It's also death for speaking in the name of another God, little G, which really don't exist, but claiming you are a prophet from some other false God is also punishable by death. Yeah. And the Old Testament teaches us how seriously God takes it when we do anything that dishonors him, anything that robs him of his glory, anything that is mocking. Galatians 1.7 says, do not be deceived. God will not be mocked. And he won't. No, he won't. He might be long suffering and patient, but make no mistake, he will not be mocked. And that's a good place to end today. Have a blessed morning, everybody. Thank you.